Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Well, how are we doing out there? 9.30. Are you guys ready for church today? Hey, it's going to be a great day in our week two of Come to Life. How many of you all enjoyed last week? Huh? You didn't lose it, you just misplaced it. Hey, such a fantastic word. If you didn't have an opportunity to listen to yet, be sure to check out the podcast. Last week was such a phenomenal message. And uh, this will be part two. Uh, kind of, it's just a quick two-part series within our Come to Life as we uh, gear up in towards Easter. But uh, if you have your Bibles, let me see them. Lift them up in the air. Let me see them. Hey, if it's on your phone, that's fine. Say these words after me. Say, this is my Bible. Say, speak to me, Bible. And open up your Bible to Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16, we are going to be talking about the life of Samson today, um, but uh, before we do that, I just want to lay the groundwork of what we're going to be talking about first, and the first thing that we're going to be doing is John chapter 10, verse 10, this is kind of like our theme verse here that we're going to be sharing with you today, John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. How many of you guys want to have a life to the fullest in here, huh? I want about five of us in here. Hey, that's fine. We can preach to about five people. I believe that Jesus has came that we may have life and have it to the full. But the thing about that is know that there is a conflict that is going on. The devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And Jesus has come that you may have life to the full. And I want to kind of label this out. Last week we kind of talked a little bit about, hey, how do you return to the Father? What it means to return to the Father. And today I want to kind of highlight the ways and the schemes of the devil, kind of like how he works. When we say the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, uh, it's important for us even as a people of God to know, like, well, what does that really look like? And how does that come about in our lives? And I can't think of a better, uh, a quick verse to share with you today that kind of outlines this. And this is Paul talking, and it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. This, he's, he's basically talking to the church. This is his follow-up letter, actually the third book that he wrote to Corinthians. Uh, we don't know what happened to uh, uh, the, the, the second one, but even though this says 2 Corinthians, it's actually the third one. I know, we could talk about this all day. Um, but... Uh, uh, this kind of, I want to just kind of lay out, the devil, uh, Paul talks about how the devil works. And he talks about like forgiving a, a brother. And he says, we need to forgive one another in order that Satan might not outwit us. For we are not aware, unaware of his schemes. And I feel like this is so prevalent uh, in our church today because if the, the devil's not going to come out, we talked about it last week with a big old sign that says, hey, death ahead, how is he going to work? He works turn by turn by turn by turn before you find yourself on a road that you never intended to be on. And I believe that if we are going to be a church that is going to be to come to life this year, even this week, and what it means for us to come to life today, I believe that as a church, we are called to be aware of the devil's schemes. And I don't want, uh, if you're, if whoever's in the controlling the screens back there, don't throw up the title yet because I'm going to actually change the title. It is not going to be what I originally had planned. Um, but we're, today, turn to your neighbor and tell them the title of today's message. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, watch out for the red flags. Red flags today. Hey, come on, right out today. Title today's message, Red Flags. Father God, we pray that you would speak to us today. 
God, I pray that you would open up our ears today, that you would speak to us, God. God, speak to us, God. I pray that we would see you. I thank you that your word is like a double-edged sword. It's, it's sharper than a double-edged sword to divide bone and marrow, cutting to our innermost being. And so right now, God, we pray that we'd be aware of what is going on around us, God, in the spiritual realm. God, not just in the physical, what we see with our natural eyes, God, but I pray that we would not be unaware of the devil's schemes, God, but we'd be men that are, and women that are full of faith, God, and full of the Spirit. And so right now, church, open up your hands and say these words after me. Say it with some conviction like you're hungry for God. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus today. Hey. Hey, got a great word for you guys today. Um, we're actually going to be jumping right into it because I feel like I, I want to be able to save enough time to be able to share what uh, God has put on my heart today. Um, but how many know that the best fighters don't rely on strength alone? You know what they say is that it doesn't matter how big or strong you are, it's about the, the, not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog, right? So crazy beats strength every day. That's what my dad would always tell me. But the devil's not going to defeat you by strength. He doesn't have much strength. Jesus has all the strength. The Father God, Jesus has taken all authority, has belonged to them. So the devil isn't going to defeat you by strength. But say this with me. He will defeat you by strategy. Say that with me. Say strategy. 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 You've got to know and you've got to know the way the devil works. You've got to know your opponent. I love this. If anyone knows me, they know that I'm kind of like a history buff. I love to, to read history books, and I love to read about especially wars, World War I, World War II. I'll take you on to trivia any day, World War II. We could talk about that for hours. Uh, but I want to share with you just a quick quote from uh, Sun Tzu from the book The Art of War. Anyone ever read it before? You know? But it reads like this. It says, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of 100 battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy... For every victory gained, this is what I want you to get from this, every victory gained, you will also suffer defeat. If you know yourself, but not the enemy. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you'll succumb in every battle. Understand today that the Bible is a story of a conflict between two forces, God and the devil. We read about the devil in Genesis chapter 3. That's when he kind of shows up on the scene. And we do not get rid of him until the end of the book of Revelation. What we read about the devil is that he is the accuser of the brother, accuser of you before God. He gives the appearance of satisfaction, but his will for your life is to destroy you. Make no mistake, the devil hates you. I say that with a smile on. No, no, the devil absolutely hates you. He's not one to be playing around with. The devil wants nothing more than for you to no longer exist because you are made in the image of God, and every time he sees you, you remind him of God who created you. And if we're going to come to life today, if we're going to come to life this year, we have got to be aware of the one who seeks to destroy your life. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full, but the devil comes to destroy your life. Last week we talked about the importance of coming back to the Father, that you did not lose it, you just misplaced it. And if you want to come to life, you have to go back to the giver of life. But today I want to share with you how the devil can rob you of your life in Christ. If you're taking notes in here, I'd write that. How the devil can rob us of our life in Christ. How the devil can rob us of our life in Christ. Now the devil does not do it through a big sign, like I said, but a big warning sign, but it's little by little by little by little. And I want to throw back up there 2 Corinthians 2.11 and just give some highlight to this. He says that Satan might not outwit us, 
for we are not unaware of his schemes. Now, this is Paul writing. Paul is saying this to the church at Corinth. And I kind of give some, some context to, to this quick scripture that I just threw up on screen. It was in reference to a brother that they needed to forgive. And they needed to forgive him because they had sent him outside of the church. Now, they sent him outside of the church because of severe sin that he was actually boasting about, calling evil good. Therefore, Paul told the church to leave him to the devil, that he might come to the end of himself and repent. And now this man had repented. He repented from, do you you want to know what it was? It was incest. So he repented, saying, hey, no, this is okay. This is okay. And Paul's saying, no, 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 this is not okay. So he is calling evil good. And now get this, this, put this in perspective here. Paul told the church. Now, Paul was in this church. You know how long he was in that church for? For over a year and a half. And they were still struggling with some stuff. They still had some stuff that was going on. They still had issues. And this gives me hope. (laughs) Because we all have issues. Even within this church, we've had issues. And we'll continue to have people who come through these doors that are broken. But what I know is that the church is not a place for the healthy, but a hospital for the sick. And what we can gather from this is that if the church at Corinth had problems, what makes us think that we might be exempt? Just to put that in perspective, this was Paul, like Apostle Paul, and he knew that people still had problems, and he knew this is how we're going to work through it together. He knows that we won't be perfect. God knows that we won't be perfect. But know this, that as we continue to press on towards the high calling of God, the Spirit of Jesus will continue to transform us in his likeness. And if we do not grow weary and lose heart, we will see this come to pass. Because understand, if you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is continually transforming your life. The Holy Spirit is working on you to look like Jesus. Therefore, anything that is in you that is not of him, the Holy Spirit will continue to work on you and continue to work on me so that we ultimately can look like him. And if the Holy Spirit is working on you to help you look like Jesus, the devil is also at work to thwart this transformation. The devil does not have all power, nor does he have the strength to destroy you. But we are destroyed when we are unaware of how he works. The devil does not have all power like Jesus. Therefore, he has to divert to a different tactic. The devil relies on strategy. He has schemes. Schemes mean, write this down, not by strength, but by strategy. Not by strength, but by strategy. The devil has a strategy to destroy our lives. And I want to highlight just a small story in the Bible. This is what we're going to pick up in Judges chapter 16, where we see the devil realize that if he cannot get to you by strength, he is going to get to you by strategy. I want to read from you just a man by the name of Samson. How many of y'all know Samson in here? The guy with the long hair. He was a very strong man. And they could not subdue him because he was so strong. But he had a weakness. And like Mickey from Rocky, his weakness, as Mickey says to Rocky in the movie, uh, women is his weakness. You guys remember what Mickey says to Rocky? He says, hey, there you go. <laughs> women weaken legs. This is just a saying, guys. I'm not, I'm not really saying. But Samson had a weakness. And we see it all throughout Judges 14, 15, 16, uh, that this woman found a way to make Samson weak. And her name was Delilah. Delilah, you know, hey there, Delilah, what's it like in Philistine country? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty, yes you do. Oh, 
what you do to me. Hey, it's what you do to me. We pick up in Judges chapter 16, verse four. And I wanna be able to read this entire, in its entirety with you. I wanted to just kind of highlight just a little bit here and there, but God said, no, they need to see every single part of this because this is how the devil works. And I don't want your paraphrase to get in the way of people's revelation. So I'm gonna be writing, we got quite a big scripture that we're gonna be reading through in Judges 16. So if you haven't flipped there yet, you got plenty of time to do so. Judges 16, verse four, it says, sometime later, he, being Samson, fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so that we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. Samson was a man that was fighting against the Philistines. He was, he was a judge in Israel before they had a king. He was a man that was sent by God to deliver Israel from the hand of the Philistines. The Philistines grew tired of Samson. And so now they started to figure out, how are we going to destroy him? Know that the devil is looking for ways on how he will destroy you. He is looking for avenues. He's trying to find weaknesses. And here they are. They're going to Delilah and said, Delilah, help us figure this out. So Delilah went up to Samson and she said, tell me the secret of your great strength. Now, when we're reading this story, I do not want you to look at it from the standpoint of Delilah to Samson. I want you to look at it from the standpoint of the devil to you. This is, this is how the devil works. The devil works to try to find your weaknesses. He, tries to, he keeps nagging and he keeps prying to try to get to you. He says, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Samson answered her, if anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings, there's a secret right there. If anyone ties me, we're talking like this is, man is a beast. Well, if you just tie some bowstrings around me that have not been dried, I'll become weak as any other man. So she tries this out. Just remember, the devil goes little by little, little by little. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she tied him with them. With men hidden in the room, she called out. She said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the bowstrings as easily as a piece of string snaps when it comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. So you think the devil's done, right? No, continues to try, continues to pry, continues to pry. Next verse. It comes up. There it is. Oh, 10, 10, there you go. Then Delilah said to Samson, you have made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. He said, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. Next verse. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them. Then with men hidden in the room, they played the same exact game. She called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the ropes off his arms as if they were threats. You would think by now, Sam would be, you know what, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But as a dog returns to its vomit, so does one man's folly, a man returns to his folly. But you would think Samson would just have a, remember this? What was this? A snap out of it moment. We talked about it last week. Have you ever had a snap out of it moment? Like, what am I doing? What is going on? This woman is trying to 
destroy me. Evidently, she's asking me for my weakness. Now, maybe he thinks that he's going to show it off. Maybe he thinks, like, hey, here's my opportunity to really show her. So he's, maybe he's just stringing her along. I don't know. But if you're going to play with fire, anyways, we'll continue. Verse 13, Delilah said to Samson, at this time you have been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be, hot, be tied. He replied, if you weave seven braids of my head into the fabric on the loom and tighten it with the pin, I'll become as weak as any other man. So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his head, wove them into the fabric, and tightened it with the pin. I would, if she even started doing that, I'd be like, so are you trying to make me weak? Again, she called him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He woke up from his sleep and pulled the pin out of the loom with the fabric. Then she said to him, get this right here, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. Get this right here. If you're, if you're taking notes, I would highlight this. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death. And this is how I look at this story. What we don't ha- know what's happening right now is Samson is being worn down. And he's getting worn down little by little by little by little. I got a little illustration to be able to show you kind of what this looks like. I'm going to have Dylan help me out here. This is kind of what it looks like here. The first time Delilah comes up to Samson, kind of puts a little chain around his neck like this. And he doesn't even realize it. Now, if I were you, if if I were him, you would have to look at it not from the standpoint of the physical. Now, I don't want you to look at me as a standpoint that I have physical chains on my neck, although I do. I want you to look at it in the spiritual, because this is what happens to your life. This is how the devil works. The devil doesn't work by just weighing you down with a big sign that destroys you. It's little by little. He'll give you something, such as a chain, like this, and it'll start to wear you out over time. And what we find is Samson continues to put himself around Delilah. What in your life do you continue to put yourself around that is weighing you down? What in our lives do we continue to allow in our lives, whether it be certain types of movies, certain types of people into our lives, certain types of things that we entertain that continue to pull us away? Understand, there is a battle going on. Jesus came to give you life. The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy your life. There is a battle going on for your soul. And this is what it looks like. It's little by little. And and, and he meets with her a second time. Oh, Delilah, you're so pretty. You're the girl I met in New York City. And he's infatuated with love, but what he doesn't realize, what's going on to his spirit. Put that last verse back up there. What did, we, what did it say? With uh, Judges chapter, it said, with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So in your life, you may not even realize, but you are getting sick to death of the nagging of the devil. And he's coming after you day after day. Sin is trying to get you. We know this in Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. God is speaking to Cain. He says this in Genesis 4, 7. He says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Sin desires to have you, This is what it looks like in the spiritual. It desires to have you. And many of us have been just carrying this stuff around thinking, oh, no one notices my chains. 
No one notices. So I continue to dive into it. So I, I have another one here. I continue to dive into these chains. And these aren't light, by the way. But you wouldn't know because you're not carrying them. Sometimes it's just a person that's carrying them. But we start to make light of it. And, well, no one's going to see my chains. And I try my whole life to hope that no one ever finds out. But do you know, as long as you are carrying these chains, it will eventually come out. It will eventually come out. We know this in Numbers 32, verse 23. It says, but if you fail to do this, is Jesus, God talking to his people, you'll be sinning against the Lord, and it may be sure that your sin will find you out. Your sin will find you out. It will come to the surface. It will come out. Why does it come out? Why does God let it come out? Why does God let your secrets, your, your, your hidden sin that you're carrying, that no one else knows, because you guys don't know what I'm carrying right now, God lets it come out, because write this down, he cares more about your soul than he does about your purpose. God cares more about your soul than he does about your, surf, your, your purpose. God brings it out, because he says, I don't want this thing to destroy you. And as long as you're carrying it, you don't know what's on the other end of it, but God does. So that's why God exposes it. And this is what I feel like Paul was, Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians. Remember that first book that he wrote? He was trying to teach them how to overcome this temptation, this sin pattern. He says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but he'll provide a way out so that you can endure it. So Samson gave in. He didn't endure it. He gave in. He did not deal with the strategy of the devil. Again, it's not by strength, but by strategy. And because he continued to let her around, he continued to let the devil around. The temptation, he eventually succumbs to it, to the nagging. This is how the devil works in our lives, through nagging, because he cannot overcome you by strength. Therefore, he tries by strategy. We pick back up in our story, Judges 16, verse 17. So he told her everything. He said it. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him. And his strength had left him. His strength left him. It was no longer there. Then the Philistines seized him gouged out his eyes and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding the grain in the prison. Go back one verse, a quick, I missed it real quick. Verse 20 right here. His strength has left him. Then she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. How many of us are relying on our own strength to overcome this temptation, to overcome these chains? Well, I'll just do it like I did before. God said, no, it's different this time. It's different this time. 
You have been putting up with the devil for so long, now he has you. And I would rather this come out to the surface so that you can lose these chains rather than have these chains pull you under. See, you can't keep playing with fire and expect not to get burned and expect not to get chained. Galatians 6, 7 says this, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. Let us not become weary in fighting off the devil. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. If we do not give up, if you do not give up, that means that there is a battle going on for you and gives you the ability to give up. See, the devil has demons. And if you walk with Christ, demons have no authority over you. But if you have unconfessed sin, know this, that the devil has rights for you because you have given him an inch. And when you give him an inch, don't be surprised when he tries to take a yard. We must not be unaware of his schemes. Don't be unaware of the schemes that he has. I don't know which order I had these on. You know, we don't be unaware of these schemes. What happens is we'll drop it and we don't realize that there's still some things that we haven't dealt with. Well, I got rid of that thing, but I'm still giving the devil permission. And as long as I give the devil permission, guess what? He will keep on nagging. And now instead of it being one, it'll be even more. Because the devil will keep on coming at you. Remember, he's here to destroy you. He's here to absolutely, he hates you because it reminds him, you remind him of Jesus. We need to confess our sin before God. Humble ourselves before him. Come near to him. James 4, 6 says this. But he gives us more grace. This is why scripture said, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. I'm proud. You don't see any of these chains. You may see my thick neck, but. <laughs> Submit yourselves to God. Then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Last week, we talked to Malachi 3.7. This is what we ended on. Return to me, and I will return to you. See, we must not be unaware of the devil's schemes. What you do not realize, though, is that if you are living with unconfessed sins, you are spiritually bound. You are weighed down by these chains and held captive in the spiritual realm. Snap out of it today. You do not need to be carrying this. You do not need to be carrying this. You don't. Because Jesus came to set us free. Do you believe that today? Jesus came to set us free. You don't need to be carrying this because Jesus came to set us free. I know this because Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says this. The spirit of the Lord is on me. This is Jesus. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has set me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of the sight of the blind, and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the good year of the Lord's favor. And so he has came, Jesus has came to set you free from this. Jesus has came so that you don't have to carry this anymore. So why are you carrying it? It's almost like we put it on like a badge of honor. His kingdom has come. His kingdom is a spiritual one. This is why the disciples were so confused, because they were looking for an earthly kingdom. 
But what they did not realize was that there was a spiritual battle going on for their souls. And until Jesus came around, man was held captive by sin. The devil had authority to rule and reign, but Jesus came to establish a new order. And it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. What are you carrying today that Christ Jesus has set you free from? Because it's for freedom. Man, I wish you guys could be feeling these chains on my neck. But this is how we all feel in the spiritual realm. If they only knew. It is for freedom, Galatians 5.1, that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Do not let again, let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So I can drop it, but I'm, I'm not gonna pick it back up again. And I'm gonna realize that Jesus has set me free. And we'll welcome up uh, worship team as we close here. Do not grow weary in doing good. Do not grow weary, but this is how the devil works. Man, I just wanna throw this stuff off right now. But in your life, can I tell you that you can spiritually do this? You can breathe again. And that happens. That only happens as we start to see what Christ has came. He says, I came to set the oppressed free. But we, we, we stay in our oppression so long that we grow used to it. And we don't realize what it was like to live without the chains on our neck. Jesus says, I have come to set the oppressed free. So if you're in this place and you're feeling oppressed, know that it is your right. Jesus has purchased it. And we go back to it. Ephesians 6, 1 says to put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Again, it's not by strength, it's by strategy. The devil works one chain at a time. And in this place, if, if you're in here, know that these are, these are, in essence, permissions that we have given the devil. We've given him permissions. And what I feel like we're called to do is we're called to grab these chains. And there may be some that God brings up, like the Holy Spirit is transforming you to be like Jesus each and every day. Don't ever limit God. What he, when he's asking you for something from you, even if it doesn't sound like a bad thing, our answer should always be yes and amen. So when we have these sins that we have, like how we get rid of them isn't by hiding them. We come and we confess them before Jesus. We bring them before Jesus. This isn't like a big sorrowful, like big thing where you're weeping and moaning for days and you're having guilt and condemnation, no. But you still have to bring it before him and say, Jesus, I know that you've covered my sin. Know that this is the heart of a father. But what he's looking for you to do is just bring it back to him. The son said, I had sinned against heaven and I sinned against you. Remember, we talked about it last week. I sinned against heaven and I sinned against you. And the father took him right back in. And this is what we're called to do. If we want to stop carrying this stuff, we got to bring it to Jesus. Do not be unaware of his schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The devil doesn't care about the unsaved. He's already got them. So don't be surprised when he comes against you, his house, his people. See, Christ can free you. His kingdom has come. And every Christian, every believer has the right to be free. And if we're gonna walk in victory, 
We have got to know you. You have got to know your enemy. And you will not fear the results of a hundred battles. Zechariah 4.6 says this. This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. You don't have to worry about the battle. He says, it's by my spirit. I'm over the heaven's armies. I got, there's more that are for me than more that are against you. So it says, submit yourself to him. Write this down, this is the last point today. Resist the devil, be filled with the spirit. Can I tell you that our entire lives, that we will, we will have the tendency to go back to this. I've, so I've, I've, I've heard sometimes some stories where people have completely been set free from stuff. Hey, that's fantastic. I'm believing it for each and every single one of you. But there's also a thing such as a work in progress. And Jesus is continually transforming you like him. And how he does that is he starts to revoke strongholds that you've given permission to the devil to have. And so what would look, this looks like is you have this sin that you've been carrying and you haven't confessed it to Jesus. And so now you give the devil permission and he goes and gets some of his buddies. Says, hey, we've got an open door here. And whether it be something that happened a long time ago, maybe a mindset that you've been carrying, um, all of that stuff, I pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal that to you today. That Jesus would reveal that to you today. As we set to look like him and to be like Jesus, to live like Jesus and to love like Jesus, can I tell you there's some things in our lives that we have to give God permission to work on. Would you stand to your feet today? I say resist the devil and be filled with the spirit because I know that we can't do this on our own. And we know that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And if the spirit of the Lord is in you, there is rights for you to have freedom. If you don't feel like you have freedom in here, can I tell you, today is your day. No matter what's been oppressing you, what's been holding you back, what's been weighing you down, it's here for you today. You can be filled with the Spirit by a simple act of faith. The same way you receive Christ by faith, you can be filled with the Spirit by faith. And as you surrender to Him, He will point things that are wrong in our lives and we'll give those over to Him and He'll take them and He will fill you. He will take them and He will fill you. He will take them and He will fill you. And I don't wanna leave you hanging on this story. Samson ends up he gets thrown in prison, he loses all of his hair, his eyes get gouged out, because that's what the devil does. As he starts to weigh on you, he'll start to, you'll start to lose vision. You'll start to think, well, what am I even doing? Why am I even here? Because remember, he's here to kill, steal, and destroy your life, little by little. But pick this up in Judges chapter 16, verse 22. But the hair on his head began to grow again. Can I tell you for you, it's not the end that if you're still alive, Jesus is still working in you. So why are you waiting? Come to the Father today. If you're in this place and you're saying, Jesus, I need you to be filled. Right, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Would you lift up your hands this morning? Every single hand should be going up. Can I tell you, God responds to the hunger of his people today. If you're hungry for more of Jesus, won't right now you just begin to cry out for him. And we're gonna go back into that. I want you to sing it from your song, your heart today. Holy Spirit, won't you come? Do what you do best, Father God. Fill your people in Jesus' mighty name.
fill your people that we would not be unaware of the devil's schemes that he might not outwit us but we as your people would be filled with the spirit of God and wouldn't have to worry about the plans of the devil because we know whose we are in Jesus mighty name won't you fill us Jesus amen Thank you so much for listening today. And we wanna give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.